Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, November 22nd. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. How are things going, Jeff? Hey, Rod. It's going okay. How you doing? Yeah, I'm not going to complain. Not bad at all. I mean, uh, got to win, you know. Speaking from a Browns perspective, things are pretty good. So, so hey. Oh, yeah. From, from a football standpoint, we're in high cotton. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll keep in that perspective. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we have a guest with us today, uh, Danny Benson. Danny, how are things going for you? Things are great. I also have no complaints from a football standpoint. Coming off Excellent. of a win, feeling pretty good about it. One of the first times I've felt comfortable watching an entire football game in a while. Yeah, it was that kind of game. That was a pretty, pretty easy game to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was smooth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll get into talking about it. But, you know, guys, I mean, other than, uh, you know, the Giants kind of moving down the field real easily on our first drive. uh, Yeah, I really didn't have any concerns throughout the game whatsoever. Well, and the other thing, Rod, you know, you and I talked about it a little bit during the game, but that game was three hours. You know, I mean, all NFL games used to be three hours or or thereabouts, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There there was one challenge, but otherwise that game just, it it had pace, it moved, it it was engaging. You know, it wasn't like these games that just, you have these, ridiculous reviews that just you know stop the whole process of the game and just bore the crap out of you you know i wish the nfl would get back to just playing games like that all the time yeah you're right you're right so we'll get we'll get back to more football before we before we do that we're going to talk about our blitz beverages and danny i understand you brought a little something special to the show, we're going to let you go first as a guest and describe what you're drinking tonight. Yeah, I've just got something simple here. I've got a Southern Tier eight days a week, just a nice, smooth, drinkable beer. I went with Southern Tier because the original Southern Tier brewery is about 10 minutes from where I grew up in Lakewood, New York. So a little taste of home here with me. Excellent. Excellent. Nice. I think Southern Tier does the the double Xmas, right? They do, yeah. Okay, yeah. You know, I almost I almost grabbed one of those tonight, but I I just had one recently, so I got something else. But that's an excellent beer, the double Xmas. So, so yeah, nice choice. I have a small collection of Christmas beers left over from last Christmas, actually, and that was one of them. It's still still tucked away in the cupboard. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Actually, the, the Christmas beer I'm drinking now is, is left over from last year, too. <laughs> just, we, we mm. you know, I, I got some and uh, I just ended up with more Christmas beer than I needed at the end of last year. So I just kind of stuck it back in the corner of the fridge. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I'll just drink it this year. We'll get so, to it. Yeah. So, Jeff, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm just going easy tonight, Rod, having a glass of wine. Um a little Chardonnay. Um, you know, I, I've told you before, I don't do a lot of beer when the weather gets cold outside. So, um, just chilling. Yeah, you're not a uh, you're not a guy to go for the porters and the stouts and stuff, right? So, you know, even in yeah, even in the middle of summer, I probably wouldn't drink anything real heavy like that. I don't mind trying those things once in a while, but um, yeah, give me give me an IPA um, with a you know, a meal, that's great. If I'm out at a you know bar or someplace, um, I'll have a, a craft beer. Um, but nine times out of ten, I'm a McUltra guy. Yeah. Yeah. And that works. So I'm, I'm drinking a Sam Adams White Christmas, which is, which is good. It's, an, it's pretty light for a Christmas beer. You know, it's, um, it's not... It's not anything like the uh, like a Great Lakes, you know, Christmas beer. So um, this kind of something light, but it says Christmas on it. So thought it was a decent choice for a night. <laughs> and I think very fast. I think, yeah, 
Yeah, I think we, I think we'll close out the beverages on that, and we'll uh, we'll move on. And Danny, we're going to give you a chance to talk about your journey as a Browns fan. So uh, you said you're you're born you you grew up in New York. So I'm going to kind of let you talk a little bit about how you became a Browns fan, and you know just kind of what your life's been like as a Browns fan. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Western New York, like right between uh, Buffalo and Erie, PA in a little town called Jamestown, New York. Right, It's really right in the middle of like the Browns, Bills, and Steelers territory. So uh, actually, pretty much all of my family and almost all of my friends are either Steelers or Bills fans. But I, I really became a Browns fan just because of my grandpa. Um, he's the only one in my family that's a Browns fan, and he got my dad into being a Browns fan. So growing up with my dad, the Browns always being on TV, Browns fan for the same reason he is. Uh, he would take me to some games. When I was growing up. He used to have season tickets, and I just really loved going to the games with him and spending time with him. And then I just eventually fell in love with the game itself. So now we have two season tickets together. We've been trying to get to as many games as possible. Uh, unfortunately, this year I only got to go to one game, and I had to sell. I actually had to sell my ticket to the Browns Ravens game which was unfortunate uh, yeah. because it was such a good game. But uh, yeah, that's kind of my backstory. Now we're winning some games, so I'm enjoying it a little bit more. I'm only 25 years old, so pretty much my whole life we've been kind of losing, so but especially enjoying it now. And Yeah, it's not it. kind of a whole different story for you now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Haven't been through the winning yet, so, so, so Jeff, have you been to? You said Jamestown, Jamestown, Pennsylvania. Have you been there, Jeff? Jamestown, New York. Oh, New York. I'm sorry. Jamestown, mm-hmm. New York. Give me, a, give me another city that's near Daniel. Erie, Pennsylvania is about 45 minutes away. Um, huh. Let's see what okay. else we have nearby. There's, so there's really like, nothing well, big. Erie says between Erie well, and well, Buffalo. city area. Between Erie and Buffalo. Oh, between Erie and Buffalo that way. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, no, other than um, isn't um, one of the big lakes up that way? Chautauqua Lake? Chautauqua? Hmm? Yeah. I mean, I've been in that area, but um, probably probably not in your, your particular borough. Probably not. <laughs> It's kind of tucked away right in the bottom bottom of the state there. Gotcha. But the lake is a decent vacation spot, some people say. Right. Nice. Well, Jeff's been a lot of places. And uh, I think, uh, well, especially in Ohio. <laughs> I think if there's well, some, some yeah. place he hasn't been in Ohio, I've probably been there. So, um, Right. Yeah. You know the, the Johnny Cash song, Daniel, I've Been Everywhere? Yeah, do. That's that's my theme song. We're not going to sing it though. Um, no, we're we're going to move on, guys. We're going to move on to football, and <laughs> mercifully, yeah, we we got a nice nice win, uh, twenty to six. Browns won over the Giants. Go to ten and four. Browns are the fifth seed, and we're not looking ahead to the playoffs just yet, but they sure got a good shot. But um, man, this was like like we said earlier. This was a was a nice game, fun game to watch. Um, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I just came away thinking, man, Baker's really playing well. <laughs> you know, Baker. Uh, you know, my takeaways are Baker and the defense. Um, you know, defense uh, doing their their part against a, a subpar offense. So, mm-hmm. so uh, Danny, I'm going to let you let you kick it around next. Um, just kind of what what did you take away from the game? And you can say the same thing I said if you want to. But <laughs> anything you want to talk about, just you know, just some key points that you, that you took out of that game. Okay. Yeah, probably the first big point for that game, um, which is an unusual feeling 
that I mentioned before was just feeling comfortable. Like really after those first couple of drives, which we had some huge fourth down stops early in the game, which was great. Um, but there really wasn't feeling of being in danger of losing after those first couple of drives, um, which is something, a new feeling. Uh, the other thing that kind of stands out most to me is the long drives. Like you said, Mayfield was on fire. Um, Cub and Hunt really didn't put together a fantastic game. They had a few great plays, but uh, it was really Mayfield and the receivers stepping up. Two, yeah. two, two 95-yard touchdown drives is uh, mm-hmm. the big note there. Right, definitely. definitely. And especially on those, I think on the second long drive, um, which I think was like almost eight minutes off the game clock or something like that, um, they had a couple of big penalties that they overcame too. Um, there was a clipping call, which is 15 yards. We were in the red zone that still ended up scoring. Which was a totally unnecessary play, by the way. Yeah. That clip, I mean, it wasn't even involved in the in the play. Right. It was mm-hmm. no, on not the other end of the line. Yeah, yeah. It didn't have anything I mean, to do with the play. Conklin, Conklin's uh, right tackle, that, that run went around left end, I think. And, and it yeah, it was totally, totally unnecessary. I'm not sure if he was falling down or if he really went after him, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, unnecessary. Yeah. So, uh, so Jeff, lay some stuff on us here. What, what, uh, what'd you well, think? Well, just, just yeah, sticking with the same theme of unnecessary stuff. I mean, um, Jarvis has got to be smarter. Um, you know, we we've beat that horse to death about when you get to the end zone, act like you've been there before. Um, but that stuff just burns my ass. You know, when you get a, a 15 yard personal foul that hurts your team, takes a point off the board because you can't just keep your damn mouth shut. And you know, yes, guys are going to get in your face. Defenders are going to poke the bear, but you just got to be a professional and turn around and walk away. And hey. That's that's one of the last things I think this team needs right now is is boneheaded stuff like that. So, all right, it's over. Move on. Um, but that those those things really piss me off. Um, secondly, Colt McCoy. Um, Colt McCoy looked like a career NFL backup in that game. Um, all the Omaha's aside, um, he for a lot of those. Yeah, yeah, he he looked like a guy who knew what he was doing, running an offense. Okay, because he's been in the league for I don't know eight or nine years, something like that. Um, yeah. Been, been in a lot of going, systems. Been with the Giants for six years. I believe oh, yeah. he was right. drafted in two thousand ten. That's yeah, probably, probably about right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember when he when he played here. It's been 2012, I think, is when he got yeah, the he concussions. Was a, he was a third-round draft um, pick for the Browns in 2010. Yeah, so, I mean, he's been around, and, and watching him play, he looks like a guy who, you know, is a veteran, um, you know, knows what he's doing, um, does a good job of, of analyzing what he's looking at and so forth. But, man, the, the arm – and the accuracy, it just, it reminded me of where we've been with, with quarterback play. Okay. Seeing, seeing him throw and versus Baker throwing, um, man, you know what, you can say what you want about some of the issues that Baker's had this year, but Colt McCoy was a vivid reminder of the absolute trash quarterbacks that we've had on this team the last 20 years. Um, that experience level can make up for a lot of sins, but the skill and execution just wasn't there. And that was, to me, that was the thing that stuck out most in that game is that um, we had 
a NFL caliber starting quarterback and the Giants didn't. And that's the difference in the game. Yeah, uh, Colt McCoy, you know, he made some nice passes. The thing with Colt is he, he was inconsistent. And that's exactly what you're talking about, is the inconsistency of a guy who is who is a backup. He's not consistent enough to be out there all the time and to be whatever word you want to say, it, you know, a starting quarterback or an elite quarterback or whatever verbiage you want to throw out there. But you're absolutely right. And, and he's playing against the Browns when Baker is is playing extremely well. Um, 27 of 32. I mean, it's, Baker is, you know, I can't, I can't even feel like Baker's just hot because Baker has been doing this for what four weeks now. You know, I feel like this is Baker. Uh, Baker's just playing extremely well. Um, I, there was a tweet on this, but Baker in the, over his last four games, guys, twelve hundred thirty-one yards, ten touchdowns, one pick, and. That's what you I guys, like to see. Yeah, I mean, it, put that yeah. out to uh, put that out to a sixteen-game season. That's almost five thousand yards, forty touchdowns, and and four picks. Well, and what he said is, he when asked that specifically, you know, what's changed um, in interviews, he said that it's everybody being on the same page finally. You know, yeah. he 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 understands the system. Um, yes, everybody still has things to work on, but there's a comfort level among all of them. Um, and Baker is particularly comfortable. You can just see him sitting in the pocket versus four or five weeks ago. You know, he was not giving his line that kind of credit. Um, he was bailing earlier. Now he's actually sitting in the pocket and feeling comfortable and, and the plays are happening with pace. Um, you know, when when plays start taking three, four, five seconds um, because he's trying to um, improvise, um, that's not a good thing. I mean, he has that ability from time to time. But what you saw in that Giants game was things happening quickly. You know, he was he was getting up there and executing the play. And that just that helps the offensive line do their thing. and. You know, props to Nick Harris for stepping in, um, but otherwise that line has just been solid, and that that I think that you're finally seeing that cohesion turn into effective offense. Yeah. So Nick Harris, uh, Danny, let me ask you first: yep. Who are you more impressed with coming out of that game, Nick Harris or Bill Callahan? You know, I think I've got to lean Callahan just because having a rookie step in there and know his job doesn't matter how physically gifted you are. You got to you got to have a plan going into that. Like there's got to be some structure for him to pull off what he did, I think, so I mean, props to him, the player, obviously, but I think uh, I think really good offensive line coaching. Um, yeah, that's uh, was you know that, that's Nick Harris's second position. I mean, he's you know yeah. centered. Um, Jeff, what do you think, Nick Harris or Bill Callahan? I think it's Bill Callahan, um, generally regarded as the best offensive line coach in the league. Um, and again, a, a scheme that guys have, have learned and are comfortable in, uh, the wide zone blocking scheme. Um, so it, it should be that kind of plug and play. Um, I will say, and I mentioned it to you, Rod, during the game, that when Nick Harris went out there, um, and he, you're looking at him next to those other guys, he looked like a kid at first because he's like he's like five six inches shorter than conklin i, th- I think know, but, he's only six one yeah yeah he, yeah he's but, still 300 um, pounds but yeah right right so he's a solid guy and, and i mean he did get blown off the line a couple of times by uh, the giants 
tackle Dex, is. You're probably talking Dexter Lawrence, who's like 360 Dexter Lawrence. or 380. Right, know, just, right, yeah, yeah. Just I think that the so one sack that came, came from Lawrence, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Dexter he Lawrence, I mean, blew, blew Harris off the line a couple of times, but all in all, I thought he, he played a really good game. Yeah, and honestly, the probably the uneasiest part of the, that entire game was when Chris Hubbard went down. Because I think, and, you know, I don't know about everybody else. I'm thinking, I don't even know who's coming in. You know? I well, didn't even... maybe that's a better question, Rod. Um, at, at this point last year, um, would, when if Chris Hubbard had gone down at this point last year, would the fans have had a positive negative a positive reaction or a negative reaction to him going down oh <laughs> uh, yeah I, I think well it would have been negative i don't think anybody would have wanted to see chris hubbard out there playing guard but i mean chris hubbard played you know tackle most of the season last year so right. what i'm saying is, is last year pe- people would have would have hoped that chris hubbard's replacement would have played because he was yeah, so right. bad at tackle Right <laughs> now, this year we're, yeah. we're you know oh my God Chris Hubbard went down you know it's like so it just shows you same player a year later now he's an integral part of that rotation so it's got to be coaching yeah, yeah unfortunately yeah. for Hubbard I think uh, news came out today that that knee injury knee injury was pretty serious yeah it's um, season ending yeah they said his kneecap was actually dislocated. That's a gross one. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough. not a fun one. Yeah, not at all. So let's move on to the next bit of business. And Jeff, I'm going to let you kick this one off because this is right in your wheelhouse. Uh, Andrew Sandejo did not start this game. Uh, Redwine started in his place, and the Browns' defense was good. So I wasn't on Twitter at all really today. Um, really haven't been on much this week because I've been busy yeah. with work. Um, don't know what the reaction is. Don't know what people are saying everything. I know the reality. I know what this Giants offense is and, and you know, <laughs> what they were. And and I know that, that um, playing against uh, the Giants is nothing like playing against the, against the Ravens or some of the other offenses that we've faced. Right. What what's your take on this? How do you think Redwine well, did? And and what's your thought on on you know Sendejo Redwine moving forward? Okay. I'm gonna answer it sort of from the other side, okay? Um okay. Denzel Ward played, which has a huge impact on coverage. When yeah. Denzel Ward is out, it it creates a domino effect of coverage responsibilities and him being in there I think just makes everybody else better you, you saw the, the plays he made early in the game um, that other guys would have been flagged for okay and, and Chris Collinsworth talked a lot about how he gets his head around and avoids you know the penalty so yeah. I think it starts with Denzel Ward playing number one okay um, also as far as safeties go I thought Carl Joseph played a really good game which hasn't been the case lately mm-hmm. um you know he he elevated his game probably because of Denzel's presence um but that took a lot of pressure off of Redwine as well um so yeah I thought Redwine had all in all a good game um you know my main concern still is why are our safeties making so many tackles? Um, when when the safeties have to cover for linebackers, which is really the Achilles heel of our team, um, and you you have safeties making all those tackles, um, it just to me it's a problem that that really needs to be fixed this offseason. Um, I think I told you during the game. I, I texted you during the game, Rod. That you know, man, if if Andrew Berry does anything besides go out and find us a linebacker or two in this offseason, um, I will be really disappointed. I mean, that 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 is the most important position to replace right now, I think, on this team. 
um, a linebacker with some speed and some coverage ability. And I think you can get away with whoever is playing free safety if you fix that. Um, but yeah, I'll give, I'll give credit to, to red wine. I think he played well. Um, I'd like to see Sendejo in the same set of circumstances. And I think he would probably play about the same. I don't think there would be a huge difference in how the two of them played. And I think again, Sendejo gets all of the bad rap because of the linebackers. Yeah. What do you think, Danny? I think um, you touched on a lot of good topics there, a lot of truth there. Um, I think one one thing I want to add to that is that I didn't really see Redwine's name too often, which in my book as a safety, when I don't see your name, it usually means you're doing a pretty good job. So he, he definitely filled in admirably, but I really can't wait until uh, we get names of uh, – Reedy Williams back on the field, maybe see what Grant Delpit can do next year. Uh, second string well, is yeah. I hope you're say right. I we hope get to the playoffs. I, our second string secondary and linebackers just isn't going to cut it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're we're jumping all around here, but let's. Uh, Let's think about this, uh, and I don't want to talk about the playoff picture and all that stuff. But the the Bengals beat the Steelers on, on Monday night, you know the, <laughs> and we're going to talk about the Jets. You know the Jets beat the Rams. To me, uh, other than Kansas City, who always finds a way to win, you know, almost always, it just it feels like this season is wide open. Like anybody can beat anybody on any given Sunday and it really feels like the Browns have have as good a shot as anybody in the in this tournament you know I'm not saying that they're that they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything but it just it doesn't feel like there is a team that is unbeatable you know outside of Kansas City when they're going right we've seen some weakness from Kansas City this year so far though we have been a lot of close games, right? Yeah. And uh, speaking of surprises, uh, Jets beat the Rams. Yeah. As well. So, yeah. You're right. Anything can happen. Just a quick break to say thank you for the support. Merry Christmas from the Browns Blitz and from our sponsor, Skippin' Stones. Find them on Etsy.com. Search the shop. S-K-I-P-P-I-N-S-T-O-N-E-Z. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll look it up here in a minute, but I put out a tweet to that, to that effect, and it was before the Steelers game. Um, it was really based on the Jets game, and then the Steelers-Bengals game happened, and I'm like, um, that's just, it, my point with the whole thing was, was that um, there, there aren't, it, I'll just paraphrase it, I said there are, there are not games that you're supposed to win and games that you're supposed to try to compete in. There are just games in the NFL. And right. I think that's how the Browns look at it, okay, going week to week. Um, you know, if the Steelers looked at, at, the, at, at the Bengals game, you know, as, as just, you know, we're going to go out and beat these guys and then we're going to go on to next week which you know is probably what happened because they shouldn't have lost to the Bengals, right? In, in theory. Um, same thing with the Rams and the Jets. I, I don't even know how the – I didn't watch the Rams-Jets game, but how does that happen? The Jets don't even want to win a football game. <laughs> the Rams have a, have a very nice defense, a lot of pieces on offense, and they get beat by a team who is trying to lose every game. <laughs> I right. don't understand that. Adam Gase had to get one in there to save his job. Well, but not. not really even save it because now they might lose the top draft pick. Yeah, he messed up. He was supposed to lose every game. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. But um, yeah, I, uh, 
I, I agree on uh, the Sunday Hill red wine stuff, guys. Um, I think uh, I think it's good that red wine got to play this game. I think it was a great experience for him. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting next year to see you know obviously who who gets drafted, what they address because you know they're going to be bringing in new pieces on defense. They're going to be bringing in a lot of guys to compete at at linebacker and in the secondary. And some of these guys are, whether they know it right now or not, they're 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 playing for their job next season right now. So, um, yep. so yeah. Um, talked about Baker a little bit, you know, over the last four games. Baker's twelfth in the league in touchdown passes with twenty five. He he is. In uh, talking about things that really don't matter in the scheme of things, Baker's five touchdown passes away from tying Brian Sipes' franchise record for touchdown passes in the season, which is 30 by Brian Sipe. Um, Miles Garrett has 11 sacks. He is three sacks away from tying the Browns' franchise record for sacks. Where do you, where do you guys uh, put the odds on each of those two records being tied or broken? I'll let you go first on on that, Danny. Okay. Uh, so Baker's got five touchdowns to go. Two regular yeah, season games. Yeah. Got the Jets coming up this week, followed by the Steelers. So probably would it at about. 50-50, maybe slightly better odds that Baker gets there. I mean, I feel like we might be able to run all over the Jets. So that three-touchdown game from Baker might not be there. But he's going to have to throw the ball against the Steelers, I think. So um, I think he definitely gets – if he has a good game, I think he gets up to that two or three touchdowns against the Steelers. So Let's hope. He might tie it. He ties it. Yeah. So what do you think about Miles? Miles? He's got three, three more three sacks in two games. Yeah. Miles? A little bit worried about Miles right now. He looks he looks winded all the time, which obviously we know he had COVID. He's having some actual breathing difficulties out there. Um, that seems to be slowing down. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he he overcomes it and gets there. Think he'll tie it or break it? I, I think he'll break it by one. So you got him down for four sacks in the last two games. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. What do you think, Jeff? How many touchdowns does Baker need? He needs five to tie. Okay. I I don't think he's gonna get it. Um, and I think he'll throw some touchdowns against the Jets. Um, but to beat the Steelers, I think we're going to have to run the ball. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go opposite of Daniel. I'm going to say that Baker's probably going to get some touchdowns this week and not against the Steelers. Um, but you know what? I mean, records, I honestly don't get too caught up in, in records. I mean, look at Baker's rookie touchdown record. I mean, Justin Herbert's going to break it this year. So... Yeah, the yeah. league is just so much different. Um, records are just going to fall. Offensive records, in particular, are just going to keep mm-hmm. falling. They are so, and, and yeah, 30, thirty touchdown passes is nothing, really. We know that. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's just this, this league is this league is headed for that being an average. So, um, on the miles side, yeah, no, you're you're exactly right, Daniel. I mean, with with um, him still suffering the adverse effects of COVID and, and, and having difficulty um, breathing. Um, you can see Miles was a step slow against the Giants. Um, I, I just hope he's healthy. You know, I, I want yeah, him to too. get healthy over the next yeah. couple of weeks. I don't really care what he does. I just want him to get healthy. Yeah, yeah. And I, that, that's where I am with Miles. If he's, you know, if he's feeling better. I, I could see him, you know, getting two or three sacks against the Jets, you know, and and, and challenging this record. Um, 
you know, because if, if he needs one to get the Steelers to tire break, he'll probably get it. <laughs> but it, it depends how he's feeling. Um, it, it's not that big a deal. We know what we know. Uh, we know who Miles is. We know he's held constantly. Um, mm-hmm. We know we know the disruption that he causes just by being out there. So, um, you know, hopefully he'll like you said, hopefully he's healthy enough to to, uh, um, you know, just do what he does out there. And uh, he's going he's gonna to break that record at some point. So um, Baker. I just feel like Baker's going to tie this record. I don't know how he's going to do it. I, I feel like he's going to throw three against the Jets and two against the Steelers, and and he's going to tie this record. Um, just kind of feels to me like what's going to happen. You guys ready to talk he's about playing. the Jets game? Or Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say he's playing well enough to do it. He really is, yeah. Um, I mean, 10 touchdown passes in, in four games, so that works out to five and two games, right, guys? I mean, yeah. So yeah, it just depends. It just depends. Um, the the like most said, encouraging thing for me about watching him play against the Giants was the two touchdown passes. The touchdown to Hooper was probably the best ball I've seen him throw all year to that point. And then the one to Jarvis was even better. And I'll tell you why on the one to Hooper, um, he took something off it. He still made Hooper work for it. Yeah, but, it was a little up, but yeah. But you know what? It was it was where it couldn't be batted down. Mm-hmm. It was it was you know not a hundred miles an hour, and it was a ball that Hooper could handle. Um, and that that's something that that I think we've talked a lot about. You know, we haven't really seen from him. Um, so I thought that was really encouraging. Um, and then the ball to Jarvis was, I mean, that was just bullseye um, accuracy. Yeah. So those two passes, um, man, if he can make those passes with any kind of consistency, um, you know, he's, he's damn hard to defend. So, Jeff, I'll start with you on this. We've talked about this a bit, how Baker plays on emotion and plays better, you know, when people question him and and, and all this. Do you feel like he's past that now based on these past four games? I feel like he has found a level of confidence in himself and his ability. Well, yeah, I think he should be. Um but he definitely does like to have a chip on his shoulder. I just think that's his personality. Yeah. Um, so, you know, good. Just, you know, keep, keep disrespecting him. That's great. <laughs> you know, I like, I like how he plays when, when people, you know, doubt him. Um, you know, he, he, he still answers questions like a guy that's learning, which is great. You know, I mean, he's he's not sounding like a guy that thinks he has it all figured out. So psychologically, uh-huh. he's still trying to prove something to us, to himself and to everybody else. So terrific. And, you know, that's when he's best. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has to. He has to be just feeling the difference in himself as this year has been progressing. Um it's it's just kind of interesting because the guys really aren't talking a lot, um, you know, outside of the interviews and everything. But um, but yeah, I mean, he's definitely a different player from when the season began. Um, just you know, it, it's just so easy to easy to see. So um, definitely a lot of fun to watch. So uh, this uh, Jets game, Browns Jets. The Jets, who just beat the Rams 23-20. to 20. Uh, Again, Rams are not a bad team. Um, Jets are a nine-and-a-half-point home underdog to the Browns. And the over-under is 45 on this game. So just what 
I just wanted to get initial thoughts on that line from you guys, the nine and a half points on the road as, as a favorite for the Browns. Um, I haven't really followed the over-under for the Jets. I'm sure that they've been, you know, double-digit dogs here quite a bit this season. So maybe this isn't unusual. But what do you guys think of that? And I'll, I'll let you go first, Danny. Yeah, that that line. Uh, so if I if I had to predict the game, I'd go Browns 31, Jets 17, which actually puts it at 14 points. That's probably a little bit ambitious. But uh, I do think they clear the nine points. Um, know that the Jets' offense is most likely going to be better than the Giants, but the Jets' defense, I think, is going to be much worse than the Giants. So I think we're going to be able yeah. to score. They're going to be able to score, but they're not going to be able to keep pace with our offense. Yeah. So that was a nine-point spread. What was the other? Uh, um, nine, nine and a half, and the over-under is 45. Yeah. The, the over-under. I think the over-under. standard right over-under for a Browns game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that over-under yeah. is right where it needs to be. Isn't that pretty much every over-under for the last, like, five weeks, Jeff? 45? That's kind of an NFL over-under, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much where it's been. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, the I don't know what the Giants over-under was. If it was, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure that, that the Browns, that, that the 26 points was under. But, oh, uh, sure. yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely way under. Um, yeah, 45 against the Jets, I, I don't know. Um, I don't want to get into predictions just yet, but um, 45 points in that game, yeah, I'm almost leaning toward taking the under in that, too. What's your thought on the nine and a half point spread, Jeff? Well, the 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 Jets are averaging just under fifteen points a game, um, and the Browns are averaging about twenty six points a game, um, thirty in their last five. Um, so that makes sense. It, it feels it feels it, yeah. It feels like this should be an under game. Um, but it comes down to number of possessions. I think what you saw with the Giants game was, and Danny mentioned it early on, was you had a couple of really long time-consuming drives on our side and, and one on their side, um, so it limited the number of possessions, so there weren't as many opportunities to score. Um, where, you know, in a, in a typical NFL game, you know, you have a lot of quick scores, um, either because of turnovers um, or because of big plays uh, on offense. Um, so I'm thinking that that, that, that nine-and-a-half-point spread actually is, is probably too low. Um, and I think the only reason it's nine-and-a-half is because the Jets beat the Rams. Otherwise, this would probably be a, a double-digit point spread. Yeah, um, like 13 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think it would be I think it would be a double digit point spread if they hadn't just upset the Rams. Um, but the over under, I, I you know, it, it depends on how good you feel about you know the the opportunity to score quickly. That was that was what kept the Giants score down. You know, again. So um, you know, I'll, I'll give you my prediction later. But I feel like this is um, a, should be a pretty lopsided game. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it. Uh, Sam, Sam Darnold on the season six touchdown passes, nine picks. Um, I, I'll be honest with you guys, I, I didn't even look at the Jets' stats. I mean, this team's one in thirteen. I really don't even need, really feel like I need to dive into their stats that much. And the, the Browns should should go in and play very well against this team. And if they continue to to tackle games like they've been doing where they're taking these things one week at a time and not looking ahead. It shouldn't be a problem to go in and play well against this team. Don't you guys feel that way? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, this might be another comfortable football game for us. Well, us viewers, but 
Well, yeah, I hope the I hope the Browns don't look at it that way. But yeah, exactly. Yes, it would be mm-hmm. it would be nice for us if it is. Well, they Darnold, to, to be fair, Darnold actually played a good game against the Rams, which is the best thing you could say about him all year. Um, but he did play a good game against the Rams. So is that an outlier or is that, you know, a sign of things to come, you know, hard, hard to say with, you know, as screwed up as he's been. Um, yeah. But man, it kind of makes you think a little bit about that quarterback class that everybody was so stoked about. Doesn't it? Um, yeah. Mayfield, Darnold, Rosen, Allen. Who am I forgetting? Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, boy, you know what? A, what an interesting quarterback draft class. But you know, there were periods of time when people were ready, other than Lamar, to pretty much to write off all of those guys. And and Baker is finally finding his, you know, finding his his uh, his own here. Um, uh, you know, Sam, Sam Darnold, guys, look at the situation he's in. You know, he's in a he's in a uh, an old school Browns esque situation, <laughs> you know. I I don't know if how you can even judge the guy. You know, I right. certainly wouldn't judge the guy. Um, right. You know, Josh Allen. Josh Allen's you know doing great. Um, Lamar is what Lamar is. Um, you know, I, I think only time's going to tell with Lamar. Lamar, it, it's just a matter of if he stays healthy the way he plays. Um, right. You know, it's still, to me, it's still an outstanding quarterback draft class, even though, what, a year or two ago, people pretty much wanted to write off every one of these guys just about. Well, if you take a look at the quality of the organizations that each player went to, I mean, it makes sense where each of them are currently at um, with Arnold playing below the quality of some others and Rosen not playing at all, and Baker having a slow start, and then you get Lamar out the Ravens, and he has instant instant success. So, well, Rosen, I think, yeah, he's on his what fourth, fifth team, um, and that that really doesn't surprise me. I, I was not high on him coming out. Um, Darnold. Had his issues, and you're. I think it's a valid point, Daniel. If he if he had gone to a better organization, um, I think he would probably be a solid quarterback at this point. Um, but that's not how the NFL works. The worst teams. No, you get go the to highest. the worst teams. Exactly. You go to the worst teams. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. And and you know, Josh Allen. I, I you know I I have rooted for him. Um, I think he. Is finally getting the the opportunities to to show what he can do, and um, he's got a, a good supporting cast around him, and um, good for him. I think I think that's great. Um, so, yeah, maybe Darnold still develops, um, but yeah, I think all all the Jets are missing is Hugh Jackson to be the, to be the 2017 Browns. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think uh, I could be wrong, but I think Darnold was, you know, the youngest, the, the youngest guy in that class. Uh, so, uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, chances are the Jets are going to draft another quarterback with their new regime. Who's, whoever's going to come in and take things over They're, you know, they're probably still going to have a shot at Justin Fields. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they if they draft him. Sam Darnold leaves and goes somewhere else and gets, you know, gets a shot in another couple years, maybe. Um, I, I still think he's got a shot to be something, but, you know, you just never know how things are going to work out in the NFL. Um, a lot of guys get shots. It's just, uh, it just depends where they end up and who's in front of them. And it, it's just, it's, uh, it's an unusual league, guys. But So I, while we're on quarterbacks, I have a question. Um, this won't take long. Um, <laughs> if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, are you riding with Roethlisberger next year, or are you going and getting Carson Wentz, or are you doing something else? 
Well, I don't know where they stand on. Uh, Steelers are pretty tight on cap, aren't they? I believe. And I don't know where they stand on picks and everything. Um, I don't know. It's to be really creative to go get Wentz, but I, I think they could probably make it happen if they wanted to. Let's just assume that they could. Well, they would have to. Ben would have to go and free up all that cap space, and then they could probably take on, you know, most of Wentz's contract. I would think. Right. But, right. Um, I, you know, I don't know if the Eagles have totally just made that decision yet. Anyways, you know, possibly, but um, I could still see him going back to Wentz potentially. But you never know. Jalen Hurts played pretty well this week. Yeah. 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 So. So that whole thing's interesting, but hey, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Ben looked Ben looked horrible. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm hoping he plays another year. You know, <laughs> for our sake. For we us. want him to stick around as long as possible. <laughs> Shoot, sign a new three-year contract. Keep playing. Right. Right. He looked every bit of 38 last night. He did. I mean, yeah. He he looked he looked just old and not good. So um, I don't know. I mean, I I would think the Steelers would try to do something. They certainly don't have anybody else on their roster. So I'd be a little behind if they don't get a young stud in there with all the other quarterbacks in the division with Burrow and Mayfield and Lamar. Yeah, I just I don't they try to see develop that organization. Someone else. Yeah, I don't see that organization going and and drafting a young quarterback. And taking and a couple of years him. and all that. And take, yeah, I don't see him doing it. Hmm. You know, they're going to plug somebody established in. Well, I mean, they did it with Ben 20 years ago or however long it's been. <laughs> right, you yeah. know, and just, you know, and let him throw the ball, you know, 15 times a game his rookie season. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, it's possible that that's not really where the league is now. It's a different league than it was in, in uh, Ben's rookie season. Right. But um, I don't know. I would think they would try to do something, like you're saying, probably uh, try to sign somebody. There, It seems like there's always guys available because of guys' uh, contracts, guys getting released, you know. Um, and it uh, sounds like Joe, Joe Burrow is probably not going to play next season either, unfortunately, I don't think. Um, wow. Sadly, I think he's very... I don't know. Um, from what I've from what I've heard, I don't know that he's going to be ready to play next season. So that's kind of kind of stinks. But um, yeah, anyways. it's a tough one. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean he, you know, he plays for Bengals. Yeah, he's he's an Ohio kid. You you know, you really don't want to see anything like that happen to him. So yeah. So Browns are ten and four. Um, Jets coming up. You guys ready to give some score predictions? Sure. Yeah. I know I kind of uh, jumped the gun on my prediction earlier. uh, Did you give a score? I I did, yep. I must have have been having a drink in my beer when you said it. (laughs) During the... I was talking about, I think we cover the... Nine and a half spread. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you said that. I don't think you gave an actual score, though, did you? 31 Browns, 17 Jets. Oh, you did. You did say that. Mm-hmm. All right. My fault. Yeah, so we got a 14-point margin there, which uh, fits perfectly with Jeff's ex- expected spread. It's 48. That's taking the over. It is, yeah. Yeah. Jeff, what do you got? Well, I like those numbers. I like them a lot. Um, actually, the uh, Jets have given up 29 points a game in their last five, and the Browns have scored 30 a game in their last five. So I'm going to say the Browns are going to score 31. Um, and just to be a little different than Danny, I'm going to say the Jets score 20, which is – a bit above their average, but I think they're probably going to have a turnover type score. I think it's going to be a pick six or a fumble recovery or a kick return for a touchdown or something weird like that, uh, which is what helped them against the Rams. So 
Um, I'm going to go 31-20 and take the over. Okay. I think the Browns are going to score a little bit more. I'm going to go 34 for the Browns. And I'm going to take the under, giving the Jets 10 points, 34 to 10. Looking for a big one. Just under. I think the Browns stay focused in New York. I think they take care of business, and I think they. I think we see another very comfortable game here, and I think the defense keeps playing, keep playing pretty darn good football. Well, I think if we're clean, and we don't have that big turnover, you're probably right. Yeah, 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 definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, it's the way they've been playing, so you never know. You never know. So, uh, one more question, guys. Christmas coming up this week. This was essentially our Christmas show. <laughs> what would you give the Cleveland Browns for Christmas? Oh, boy. I'll give you guys a second to think about that. Oh, boy. And I guess when you're ready, you can you can jump in. They've already given me a nice little Christmas present just being... Having the record they have going into the holidays, so yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, if you guys could give them anything, what would what do you think it would be? I'll start it off. Go ahead. I would give them a stadium packed full of fans for that first playoff game. Ooh. I wish we could do it. Yeah. You know, I, I wish that the first playoff game would be at home and it would just be loaded with how many how many uh, people's that stadium hold, Jeff? 55 64 or, six. or something. 64,000 like 64, sure. yeah. fans, you know, for for the first playoff game in, what, 18, 18 seasons? That would be my wish. So, you guys have anything? If I would give a Christmas present, it would be that next week, the Steelers gift the Steelers a loss. Which <laughs> Loose to the Colts. To the Colts. Which lines them up for a shot at a wonderful home season finale to, uh, that would be take the division yeah and they've Given lost the opportunity. to much worse teams they can do all the work <laughs> from there yeah the opportunity. yeah what do you say Jeff <laughs> well you know there's there's obvious those are by the way those two are, are great um, great gifts um couple of things that roster-wise I think would be great as stocking stuffers. Um, a stud linebacker who can, can cover and tackle would be awesome. Um, a kicker that we didn't have to bite our nails over would be <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> um, but you know what I, I think would be the best gift that we could give the Cleveland Browns uh, this year would be a fan base – that just appreciates how consistent and how workmanlike they've been this season in the face of so many things that could have disrailed or derailed um, this season. um, They've just gotten better every week. And if boy, if this fan base could just channel the 1980s and, and, fall in love with these guys and just yeah. stop second guessing and stop sweating every play. Um, and just, man, just enjoy the ride. Um, that, that would be, that would be a gift for everybody. That's right. That's right. Danny, would you like to say anything in closing? Uh, something I probably should have mentioned right at the beginning. Uh, I've actually been living in Pittsburgh for the last two years now. 
So uh, ah, interesting. Getting uh, getting you a get shots stand. for that? No, <laughs> definitely not. I wish, but uh, <laughs> just just a funny remark I'll add at the end. Um, when I moved to Pittsburgh. Moved into my apartment, and there's a restaurant up the street. It was the first place I went. I got a booth table. And I sat down, and I look over to my left, and right on the wall, right where I'm sitting, is a framed picture of Antonio Brown stomping on our punter, Spencer Lanning. <laughs> so that, that was my welcome gift to uh, my first dinner out in Pittsburgh. Nice. How nice. How nice. Mm-hmm. Jeff, anything in closing? Um, no, I, I just want to wish everybody happy holidays. This is our Christmas show. Um, go Browns. Yeah, Danny, I did not give your Twitter handle earlier. It's at dbenson2ns, correct? Got it, yeah. All right. You can follow Jeff at DisposerGuru. You can follow me at Clee Rod B. I want to thank everybody for listening. Wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. Go Browns. This has been the Browns Blitz. And we will catch you next time. <laughs>